This is Pastor D-R-E on the M-I-C, and this is Ready, Set, Release. What's going on, people? I hope that you came ready to enjoy your weekend and get in the presence of God. And let me just tell you something. Getting in the presence of God just doesn't mean laying before him or getting down on bended knee. It is just enjoying God. It is just getting in his atmosphere. It is just having this relationship with God, just praising him and just enjoying him, just like you would enjoy your spouse. You don't always have to go into this real serious moment. Sometimes you just want to get in their presence and have fun. And that's what I want to do with God on this weekend. That's what I want to do with God every day. But since we're just talking about the weekend, that's what I want to do with God this weekend. Just get into his presence. Enjoy his presence. Let the joy of the Lord fulfill me and and just do in me what other people couldn't do. That's all I'm saying. So we're just enjoying the presence of God. So listen, you know how we start off the show. We always give God praise won't we let me ask you something won't he do it yes he will come on let's give god some praise <clears throat> let me let me let me do like the the boys be doing like i hear the pastors do y'all come on in the room praise the lord come on come on in the room Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, (laughs) just having some fun, y'all. Listen, I want to give you this word on today. I want to put this, put this in your mind. I'm going to be coming from Ezekiel chapter 37, and I'm going to be coming from verses one through six. Ezekiel 37, one through six. Okay. And it says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am God. Hallelujah. What I want to talk to you on today about is revive revive. I believe on last week, I talked to you about uh, release. I want to talk to you about revive or revival or restoration, whatever word you want to use. And, And the gist of it is many of us need to be revive. Many of us need to be restored. As a matter of fact, revive means to restore life or consciousness to restore what once was. How many of us can really say, if we really be honest, can we be honest? How many of us can say that uh, because of things that may have happened in our lives, we are not what we used to be? Or we struggle to be what we used to be because of so many 
obstacles. And and, and listen, a, a lot of times when when we say you, you you know you may tell somebody I'm not what I used to be, they think that you failed. It doesn't necessarily mean that you failed uh or, or lost the battle it just means that it was a battle it just means it was a fight it took something out of you you know if there's anybody who's ever been in a spiritual fight or in a physical fight you can attest to that it it takes something out of you it drains you 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 can you you can go through something that is so hard and even though you won the battle you you still got the the scars to prove that you were in a battle you can still tell by your energy level or 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 by your your spiritual level that you you was in a fight you're you're not so easy to jump back up because you've been in a fight for those of that of for those of us who have been in fight after fight who has had to deal with waves. I'm talking about real waves of fights. You know, it, it it's it's like, you know, the, as soon as you finish one fight, you're in another fight. But those people who have been like that, you understand how it can take a toll on you because you're constantly fighting and you have not found any rest. Oh God, you have not found any rest. And so, There are many of us who may be in that situation where we have just been through so many battles. Whether we won or lost, we're tired. Mm, Praise God. We're tired. We're we're weary. You know, that's why the Bible warns us, do not get weary in well-doing. You know, don't don't get weary. Don't don't change your position. But, you know, but but some of us are just weary. We're so tired from the fight and so we need god to revive us some of us are walking around like the walking dead although although we're still moving oh hallelujah although we're still moving we feel dead inside although we know how to act like we're christians truthfully we feel dead inside although we have the reputation of being a christian truly we're feeling dead inside i I know that a lot of us don't want to admit this and 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 you don't want to tell anybody and you don't want to tell your church members or or your church family or people who look up to you to lead them to to god or guide them to god to show show them the way to god you don't want to tell them because it has been a fight but the truth of the matter is even though they see you as something, you know deep down inside that you're tired. That you're tired. It's almost like an old fighter who was living off a reputation. Yes, he was bad in the day. He he was a bad boy in the day, and and, and people feared him in the in in the day. And, and some people fear him now, but not because of what he can do now, but what he was back in the day. And some of us 
you know, people see us because they remember what we did. Oh, God help me. They remember what we did back in the day. They remember how anointed we were back in the day. They remembered how we would shout and how we would do everything, how much we love God back in the day. But deep down inside, when you get by yourself, you're saying, Lord, help me because I'm tired. I want to ask you, are you that person who's tired? Ooh, and there's nothing wrong with being tired. You're just tired. And so when we look at the scripture, God has taken Ezekiel in the spirit and shown them Israel, showing him Israel in the spirit. And he said it was it was a valley of dry bones, dead dry bones. And, and and notice what he says in verse two. He says it they were indeed very dry. You know what I get out of that? When, when you see uh, uh, it, it was indeed very dry, meaning that there was no residue of what of what once was. Huh? That there, there was there's no residue of what once was. It is just completely dry. I'm completely tapped out. I don't even have any marrow left. You know, I'm I'm from I'm I'm from the country, you know, I'm from the south. And so, you know, you would see your your grandparents or your uncle, you know, they would be chewing on that chicken bone. They would just eat the chicken, but they weren't they weren't gonna throw that bone away. But they would even get the marrow out the bone. They getting the last bit of nutrients, the last bit of flavor out that bone. And some of us we are just like that. We're just like a bone with no marrow. You can't even tell what was there. The blood is all gone. Oh, help me up in here. The blood is all gone. There's no residue of God in us because we have just become tired. There's no residue of that person who used to love God so much. There's no residue of that person who was so anointed by God and and and, and the light truly shined on you and you were uh uh you are light to people. You you were a great vessel for God, but you have grown tired after battle, after battle, and after battle. They were indeed very dry. Are you, is that you right now? Are, are you saying, I've, I've, I've done I've done everything I know how to do. I, I've, I've fought. I'm, I, I'm not trying to leave God. I'm just tired. Oh God, I want to ask you because we're talking about the, the, the dry bone and, and the marrow being gone. I want to ask you, what is in your core? Is there any residue left? Is there is there a core left? For for oh God, is there a core left that says I believe God? Despite I, I I may not be what I once was, but I still have a core. There's there's still this part deep down inside of me that still believes. There's that part of me uh, deep down inside that still loves God. What's at your core? Yeah, I know you've taken hits to your flesh, but what's at your core? I know you may act up a little bit in your flesh but what's at your core is there something that god can I, I know god can raise up the dead but is is there something left at your core that you're hanging on to 
Oh God, do you still believe that God is able? Do you still believe that God loves you? Do you still believe that you're anointed? Do you still believe that the best is yet to come? Do you still believe the word of God? Do you still believe? Is there any belief left in you? Are you still fighting on the battlefield? As the old folks would say, I'm on the battlefield fighting for the Lord. Do you still believe? Do you have anything left in your life? Do you have anything left? Psalms 85 and 6 says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Isn't that the question? that we ask God a lot of times, will you not revive me again that I may rejoice in you? Lord, I, I've been through so much. I've taken so many hits. So I'm gonna ask you like David, I'm gonna ask you like Israel, will you not revive me again that I may rejoice in you? I want to, I need to be revived. Will you not revive me again? Joel, 20, Joel 22 and 25 says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, that, that, that I will restore to you the years that they, they, have, they have taken from you. Jeremiah 30 and 17 says, for I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they have called you an outcast. Uh, uh, First Peter 5 and 10 says, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. All of these scriptures are talking about restoration. All of these scriptures are talking about reviving. All, all of these scriptures are talking about coming back. All of these scriptures are talking about uh, our, our, our suffering ending after a little while as if God is going to come to our rescue, not as if, but knowing that God is going to come to our rescue. And so when we look at Psalms 85 and 6, when he says, will you not revive us again? That's the question we ask God. Will you not revive me again? This can't be the end of my story. I've served you. I have fought for you and fought to be with you. Will you not revive me again? But here's the scripture that we need to look at. While we're asking God, will you not revive me again? I want you to pay attention to Ezekiel 37, verse 3. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Now, 
We've seen the scriptures where he said he's going to revive us. We've seen the scripture where we're asking him, will he revive us? Now the question is, it's put on us. Son of man, can these bones live? In other words, do you believe these bones can live? Oh, God. Do, do you do you believe that there can be a turnaround in your life? I said I can, and I said I will revive you, restore you. But the question is, do you believe these bones, these very dry, dead bones can live? Now, if you believe, they can live, we got to do something about it. I need you who are listening to me to ask yourself, do you believe those dead things in your life, those dry things in your life can come back, can, can live again? And if you believe they can live again, what are you doing at this present moment? Mm. See, see, Ezekiel was in a valley of dry bones. And two things took place. He said, can these bones live? And so, <laughs> so Ezekiel says, you know, hesitantly, oh God, you know. Of course, God knows. But the question is, do you know? He says, now, if you believe that they can live, he says, speak to those bones. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, he says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. We could stop right there. Oh, God, help me. I almost feel like running in here. See, see, it's up to you whether these dry things in your life can come alive again. First, you got to believe it. Then you have to prophesy to those bones. You're not prophesying what is now, uh, but you're prophesying what is to come. So you got to prophesy. You got to speak. You got to confess that those things shall be restored. You got to speak to those dead things in your life and give it. it the Bible says, hear the word of the Lord. You got to speak the word of God to those dead things in your life. You got to speak the word of God to that dead body to that dead career, to that dead marriage, to that dead ministry, to your dead life. You got to speak the word of God. How many of us are speaking the word of God? How, oh God, how many of us are putting the word of God in our situation? See, the Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit, uh, will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Whose tongue? My tongue. So what have you said concerning your situation? 
Yes, I want God to revive me. Yes, I want God to restore me. But does my speech match what I'm saying to God or what I'm thinking, uh, or what I'm wanting from God? Oh, God, let me say it like this. Does my speech match his speech? Oh, God. Does my speech match God's speech? Does my speech match the word of God? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if you're going through some things, if your dead situations isn't turning around, then why isn't it turn, turning around? Are you speaking life into it or are you speaking uh, death to it? Are you putting those death nails in it because you're speaking negatively, because you're speaking contrary to the word of God? Luke 6 and 45 says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bring forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bring forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart catch it for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks what is truly in your heart will come out your mouth let, let me put it another way what you truly believe will come out your mouth. You can't believe great faith and talk unbelief. Oh, God. Let me say that again. You can't believe great faith and talk unbelief. It's not going to happen. Or if it does happen, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to God. That's why you can pray prayers and you don't believe it when you pray it. Because that's not what's in your heart. That's why people can, can ask for prayer when they're sick and nothing happens because they didn't expect anything to happen. They went through the motion, but deep down inside, they didn't expect anything to happen. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm, I, so so I was, I was with an individual not too long ago. Now God um, will use me to speak a word to people, to lay hands on people. Um, and it has worked. I, I know that God God's healing power is real. I've seen it happen through me, for me. Both ways. And so I was talking to this individual and they were dealing with a sickness and immediately God began to speak to me and told me exactly where the pain was and told me to lay hands on them. Now, 
I asked him, I said, is the pain here? And he said, yes. And so I laid my hands on him. And the power of God was there. It was there. But now, whether he took hold, that's a different story. See, some of us have been beat down so much that we refuse to get up. Some of us have been so damaged that we no longer want to fight. For a long time, I, I, I used to wonder how in the world there could be so much power in the room. And this person who is who, who I'm praying for or I'm watching getting prayer, I know they're people of faith. So what happened? What happened is they got tired of fighting. Have you ever noticed? I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to end this. I hope this has been a, a blessing to you. But have you ever noticed how you can have, I, I'm just, I'm talking to you now. I want you to look at your life. How you can believe God to do one thing, but you can't believe God to do another thing. Why? Because it's the same God. Why is it that you have faith in this area and not faith in that area when you're praying to the same God? That's what happens a lot of times because we have been we have uh, been beaten down so much in a particular area, whether that be as far as healing, whether that be deliverance, whether that be uh, something dealing with finances or something deal, dealing with our body or something dealing with the home, we will have great faith in one area and not so great faith or no faith in another area, but we're praying to the same God. And so he asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? My brother, he's asking you, can these bones live? Do you believe they can live? My sister, he's asking you, can these bones live? Do you believe they can live? And if you believe it, you have to declare it. You have to declare it. What are you declaring on today? Will you allow God to restore you? Do you have the strength, the faith to cry out and speak what he has said? It's all up to you. Pastor D.R.E. on the M.I.C. back here with you. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting, I'm just going to be honest. I, I don't even know how to start this. Uh, this is our headlines, okay? And I'm really, really getting tired of, of reading headlines like this. So, June 27th, and... Akron, Ohio. 
there was a young man, young black man, by the name of Jalen Walker, who was gunned down by about eight policemen. Okay? They said they went to to stop him for a unspecified traffic stop. During the stop, it was said that he shot at the cops. He shot one shot at the cops. Now, further in the article, it says that a gun was found in the car, but it wasn't loaded. We're not even going to address that right now. So, they're trying to stop him. They didn't even say what the stop was for. But he took off. Now, he shouldn't have took off. I got that part. He exits the vehicle um, with not a gun on him. And he begins to run. He shouldn't have ran. I got it. And I'm saying this because there will be many that says he shouldn't have run. I agree. He shouldn't have ran from the cops in the car. I would be curious to know what the traffic violation was for. Um, He shouldn't have jumped out of the car when it was moving. Got that. Shouldn't have ran from the cops. But here's where I'm really, really... And, and for those who have listened to me before, I know that cops have a hard job. Um, and in some cases, I have been on the cops' side. But I got a problem with this. So Jalen Walker, 25, who was, run, who was running... Uh, took off in his vehicle for an unspecified traffic stop, got out of his vehicle and ran away, was running away. Let's, let's, let's establish that as well. Running away from the cops. Now, when they're trying to stop you, if you got eight cops on your tail, it seems like even if they had the fire their gun it would only take one maybe two bullets this young man was shot 46 times not shot at because he was shot at more than that but 46 bullets hit this young man 46 and then the cops that shot him while he's bleeding with 46 holes in him have the audacity to handcuff this man. This is on NBC. And they go over the shots, how many hit where. So let me just read you this. They broke it down. He had 15 gunshot wounds to his torso. 15. 17 gunshots to his pelvis and upper legs one bullet to his face eight to his arms and right hand and five to his knees lower right leg and right foot 46 landed shots 
For what? A traffic stop. And they're saying, as I stated, they're saying, well, he fired at them. He fired one shot at eight cops. And it's, it's, we, we know it didn't connect because no one died. It didn't say the cops got injured or anything. 46 shots to this brother. Who, if you were really trying to detain him and arrest him, you could have shot him once or twice. I mean, shoot, it, it, it says, uh, um, what does it say? It says 17 shots to his pelvis and upper legs, one bullet to his face, eight to his arms and right hand. Five of them hit his knees. Five bullets hit his knees. You mean to tell me that wasn't enough? 46 shots. And then as he's bleeding out, they handcuff him. Almost cuss just now. For what? what? What are you handcuffing him for? 46 shots. So for all those who talk about why they run, For those who say why we shoot back, because we don't get our day in court. This makes absolutely no sense. I will remind you, and and see, I know how people forget. People forget Dylan Roof, who shot nine people who were praying in church. didn't get this treatment he didn't have a gun pulled on him as a matter of fact when you read you read how they apprehended him they said it is said they drove 35 miles behind him they followed this joker for 35 miles not one time was he shot at and when they they apprehended him, they gave him Burger King. And what do we get? 46 bullets. How, how are we not supposed to be mad? And I'm a person, like I said, I understand it is hard to be a cop. And for all the cops, all the good cops that put their neck on the line, I understand. I understand the the fear you may have, but you signed up for the job, and you really think you had to shoot that man forty six times for him to 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 apprehend him? Because because if you weren't trying to apprehend, why why handcuff him after you done shot him forty six times? And so me being a person, a black man who's who 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 tries to explain some of the things you know, the other side of the coin where people talk about the cops are this and the cops are that, and I try to explain their side, you get something like this. What am I supposed to do with that? What, what am I supposed to do with that? And I, I personally have had issues with the police. So it's not like I, I live in a fairy tale where all cops are good. But I, I I try to I try to understand where they're coming from. 
But when you shoot a brother, eight cops shoot a brother 46 times, leave him dead, well, not even leave him dead in the street, leave him bleeding out and then handcuff him. For what? That's not excessive. Meanwhile, a man can come in a black church, shoot nine of us, and then get Burger King after being followed 35 miles. What? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I, I was going to do some more headlines, but I'm done. Back here with you. Had to play that song. Man, listen. I I don't. You know, it gets it it gets it gets really frustrating to keep having to do stories like that or hear stories like that. And I'm a person who tries to focus on positive things that's going on in my community. But I will admit, sometimes it's hard. It's, it's hard. You, you want to tell you, you want to tell those who are younger than you that their life matter. You want to tell those who may have been through or who, who, who have may have been through that things can, can change and will change. But man, can can I be honest? I'm gonna be honest with y'all like I am with God. When I read that, it hurts. It makes me angry. And um, it makes me realize that we got so much work to do. We as a people, we have so much work to do. And for those that live in their little bubble, whether you're black or white, you can't continue to ignore stories like this and say it'll never happen to me. It'll never happen to none of my kids. It'll, it'll never happen to my brother or my father or my mother. It'll never happen because we're good people. We don't know what the traffic stop was even about. But yet this man lost his life. That could have been my brother. That could have been my nephew. And, and you know, I'm so tired of hearing 
people positioning black people like we're the problem. And many will say it's black on black crime. More blacks kill blacks than white people do. And you know what? Since we're going to talk statistics, you are absolutely right. We do. But I want to ask you to do me a favor and look up who kills white people. And you will see more whites kill white people than black people do. So it's not just us that are killing us. You understand what I'm saying? What the issue is, is why is it that people who have authority Hide behind authority. Kill us. That's the issue. People who are who are uh, enforced or you know allowed to have authority over another's per another person's life, those people kill us a lot more than they kill anybody else. And I'm tired of it. I'm sick of reading these stories. So what you want us to think? What do I tell my grandson? What what do I tell my nephew? What 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 do I tell the brother who 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 stay strapped and I'm trying to tell them, man, you don't want to live that life. What do I tell them? It's going to be all right. You won't run into these problems. The only thing that I know, this is all that I know, is that God loves me. That's all I know. That's all I have faith in. That's all I can have faith in. Nothing else is proven to be faithful. Except that God loves me. I'm sorry if you know. But that's all I know. So that's why I stand by what I'm about to tell you now. What I'm about to confess now. And that is, I believe that God's word is true. It is the final authority in my life. Therefore, everything that God has said concerning me, it will come to pass. All I can depend on is God's love. Y'all be blessed.